0: The nation is mourning the deaths of several women and girls who were murdered by men.
1: Holding the steak knife that he had been using, he jumped to his feet and rushed at me.
0: That night when I put in my statement, one of the officers at the police station says, oh, you know what, we don't have the time for this. We know the names of Uineenem Ghechana, Leandre Jachels, Janika Mallo, Ayaka Gianni, and her three little siblings. But we also grieve for the many others who have died at the hands of men.
1: There was physical abuse, verbal abuse, and emotional abuse.
0: Violence against women has become more than a national crisis. It is a crime against our common humanity.
1: Despite South Africa's high femicide rates, the attitudes of the country's citizens towards gender justice remain largely untransformed. This characterizes not just the attitudes of ordinary citizens, but also that of officials in the justice system. While it is easy to point out the shortcoming of the judicial organs by virtue of clear policy documents that are meant to govern their conduct, it is not as easy to hold the media to account. Historically, in highly publicized cases of women who kill their abusive partners, the media has played a potent role in the public discourse around the cases. At times, there have been clear links between media attitude and public attitude, and even the subsequent outcome of the case. This is Him or Me, a podcast series on the experiences of women who have faced abuse and their experiences with the South African criminal justice system. I am your host, Lele tutonisi Husband killer, Lady Macbeth, Black Widow. These are some of the stigma-laden and critical terms the media has used to label survivors who killed or maimed their abusive partners. Headlines including these terms have the potential to cast judgment and influence public opinion, adding further injury to women who have already dealt with private and public violations at the hands of their abusive partners. It seems, despite the heinous crimes committed against women in South Africa, and despite the circumstances that led them to killing in self-defense, the media, even before a judgment is passed, is prone to assuming a biased tone when reporting on such cases. An example of this type of reportage is in the case of Anita Ferreira, who at times the media labeled as a husband killer and abused murderer. While these terms could be easily argued as objectively factual, their use in headlines casts blame on the survivor of intimate partner violence without contextualizing her circumstances. According to the South African Litigation Center, the right to a fair trial and the right to freedom of expression often seems to be in conflict. In different jurisdictions around the world, there have been many cases in which media freedoms have been limited in order to facilitate the impartial administration of justice. Some instruments, such as the European Convention, even make maintaining the authority and impartiality of the judiciary a legitimate ground for limiting the right to freedom of expression. In another case, Regina Gwendolyn Haffela was abused by her husband for many years. He subjected her to physical, verbal, and financial abuse. He was also infidelious, a legally recognized form of emotional abuse. Senior multimedia journalist at the Witz Justice Project, Sumeya Gassa, compiled this report.
0: When Regina Khafela married her husband, she did not count on the relationship deteriorating the way it did. Her husband was abusive and, according to legal documents, once used a shambuk on her. He subjected his wife to various forms of humiliation and often told her not to bother with reporting him to the police. He was a magistrate and this emboldened him. He knew his powerful position would shield him from the ramifications of the many crimes he committed against his wife. On one occasion, he even pointed his gun at her. When she went to report the incident at the police station, the officers arrived at the couple's home, but the abusive magistrate denied that he had threatened his wife with his firearm. Regina subsequently declined to open a case against her husband.
1: For many women in abusive relationships, Opening a case for police investigation can prove even more threatening for the victim of abuse. Being under investigation could anger the abuser, resulting in even more extreme methods of abuse. In the case of a separation, abused women are still not guaranteed safety as their partner is likely to track them down using various methods such as stalking and visiting the victim's workplace. This was the case in Anne-Marie Engelbrecht's case. After having left Jakob Engelbrecht, he showed up at her place of employment and publicly begged her for forgiveness and offered her a ring as a symbol of his sincerity. In Regina Hafela's case, she still harbored love for the abusive husband despite the constant threat he posed to her life. She declined to open a case against him as he had often told her that any action she took against him would not hold he was a senior magistrate after all
0: Eventually Regina found she could not take any more of the abuse and hired a hitman to kill her husband she paid the contract killer 10000 rand on 5 december 1999 the magistrate was shot and killed outside his home It was soon discovered that his wife had been behind the killing. She was sentenced to life imprisonment. She subsequently filed an appeal to challenge the sentence. The matter was heard on 21 May 2003 and the judgment passed on 28 May of the same year. Despite the abuse she faced
1: and the hopelessness of her living arrangement, the court labelled Regina as Lady Macbeth, a black widow figure who killed her husband unjustly. This type of labeling was exactly the sort that signals the direction the court may take with a case.
0: Regina's appeal was dismissed and she continued to serve her sentence. She was eventually released on parole in 2018.
1: While Regina's case bore many similarities to that of Anita Ferreira and Anne-Marie Engelbrecht, the formers' appeal was dismissed while the latter two were successful in having their sentences overturned. The Centre for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation was instrumental in overturning the cases of Ferreira and Engelbrecht. In a paper by the organization, Regina's actions were consistent with that of an abuse victim and she was justified in perceiving her husband's threats on her life as real. After all, a consistent outcome of sustained domestic violence is death, usually that of the woman. While in prison, Regina obtained a master's diploma in human resource management. She is currently registered for master's in law. But if you search her name, the only mainstream media report that comes up is the one that references the court's labelling of her as Lady Macbeth. This has been Him or Me, a podcast series on the experiences of women who have faced abuse and their experiences with the South African criminal justice system. I am your host, Lele Tutonese. The Wits Justice Project investigates human rights abuses and miscarriages of justice related to the criminal justice system. You can get in touch with us by visiting our website at www.witsjusticeproject.co.za or Wits Justice Project on Facebook and on Twitter.